1: We're happy you've tuned our way today and trust that our time together will prove a real blessing as we continue with the series of studies designed to help you understand and enjoy the Bible. My name is Alex Kurz, and it's my privilege to invite you to join us as Richard Jordan, President of Grace School of the Bible, brings us another message from the Word of God. Thank you, Alex. And my friend, we're certainly glad you joined us today. And we trust that our time together in God's Word will be a rich blessing and help to you as we look again at uh, the issue of of what happens when believers sin. We've been talking about that now for several weeks. And I tell you, frankly, based on the response we get when we talk about this, it's something that's uh, that's of concern to believers. And I thought maybe we'd go through a couple more passages that are the key to understanding the path that God has provided for victory in your life as a believer. You know, God doesn't have a, a plan B for your life. He only really has one plan, and that is a plan of absolute, complete, total victory in the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ... Uh, Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's God's plan and provisions for you in Christ. By his grace, uh, God has made all of this available to you. He's blessed you with all spiritual blessings in heaven places, made you complete in Christ. And his plan is, is is victory in the Lord Jesus Christ. Anything else in your life isn't his plan for you. And uh, his plan is one of absolute, total, complete victory in the Lord Jesus Christ. A passage that you just simply cannot uh, leave out when when you're dealing with the issue uh, of sin and the believer is Romans chapter number 6. Paul says in Romans 5 verse 20, Moreover the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ. That's the way he concludes and summarizes uh, the first five chapters, the issue of justification by grace through faith plus nothing. And the issue of justification by grace through the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ demonstrates that, that grace abounded when the law condemned... No one can ever be just before God on the basis of the law, because the law condemns the best of us. We all are are sinners, so we need grace which can save and rescue the worst of us. Where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. So that just like sin reigned unto death through the law, you see, the strength of sin is the law. Uh, Somebody says, Give me a law, give me a rule, and I'll stop sin. Well, that would be be fine if you were not a sinner. But by the law is the knowledge of sin, Romans 3.19 and 20 tells us. You see, you have a sin nature. You are a sinner. And when the law shows up, it points out your sin, and it says that was wrong, this was wrong, that was wrong, and the law is like a—it's just like a little man running along behind you, and every time you sin, he holds up a sign and says, "Sinner, <laughs> there, that one right there," and he just constantly condemns you. Uh, the Bible says if you keep the whole law, but you 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 uh, you break one point of it, then you're guilty of all of it. You see, the law system demands absolute 100% perfection. You say, well, I'm not perfect. That's right. That's what sin is. That's why the law won't work. That's why you need God's grace. So if, if, if grace is reigning through righteousness, grace is reigning through what Jesus Christ did at Calvary unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. It's Christ. God's justice will give righteousness, will give eternal life, rather, to anyone who has perfect righteousness. We learned that in the first three chapters of the book of Romans. You don't have perfect righteousness, so God sends his son, and God makes the Lord Jesus Christ at Calvary sin for you. Takes the penalty, the weight, the load, the debt, the guilt of your sin, pays for everything that's wrong with you, That you might be made the righteousness of God in him. Now, having been made the righteousness of God in him, his righteousness is yours. The justice of God can give you eternal life. That's what grace does. And it does it as a free gift. Now, the question arises, chapter 6, verse 1, what shall we say then? If when sin abounds, grace does much more abound, does that mean that we should continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. God forbid. That that expression, God forbid, that's a great one. God protest against sin. God wants nothing to do with sin. And sin should be absent from the life of every believer. Um our life should, our lives are too, reflect his life, his holiness, his purity, who he is. God protests sin. You want to see the greatest protest demonstration in all of human history? Look at Calvary. That's a divine protest against sin. You see God's attitude towards sin plainly manifest. What does he do at Calvary? He put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. So Paul says in Romans 6.3, How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? You see, what grace provides is a new identity. We're dead to sin. And that new identity that grace provides is designed to have an impact in your life. Now, we're not justified by our works, but our works certainly have an impact. Our justification, rather, certainly has an impact on our works. We're not going to be justified by our life were justified by his life but our justification and this new life that we have in Christ Jesus certainly has an impact on our life. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? It's what well, it sounds like it's kind of an impossibility doesn't it? Certainly it's inconsistent if you're dead to sin to live like a dead man. Well he says in verse three, know you not. And you got to understand, folks, there's an issue here of knowing something. Your Christian life will not operate on the basis of ignorance. It requires you to know some sound doctrine. Because the life of Jesus Christ that is yours lives and works through you on the basis of your faith, resting in an intelligent understanding of God's Word to you. It isn't something that just sort of jumps out at you. It's not something that just sort of, boom, it's there. It's Grace will not accept any effort and work on your part. The only response grace will accept is faith. But it requires faith. It can be unto all, but it's only upon all them that believe. Grace only accepts, but grace requires your Faith. Your faith standing and responding to an understanding of the truth of of what God's grace has done for you in Christ. So you need to know some things. Now once you know them, verse 11 he says, Likewise reckon ye yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin. Verse 3, he says, Know you not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Don't you know that you died to sin in the person of Jesus Christ? You need to know that. You need to understand the facts. You need to see what it is God has done for you in Christ. And then, verse 11, you need to believe it. You need to Say what God says is true. This new identity that God has given you in Christ is really who you are. And then verse 13, he says, Yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead. Just live like who you are. When you deal with the details of your life, when when you deal with life on a daily basis, live in light of the reality of what God says, who God says you are. Take an understanding of it so that's what the truth is, and so I will live like who I am. If you want to rephrase the question that he asked in verse Chapter 6, verse 1 and 2. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Think of it like this If you are a sinner and you sin, does that surprise anybody? Well, it shouldn't. <laughs> it shouldn't surprise you. What else does a sinner do but sin? Now, occasionally a sinner will do something good, but we can count on him sooner or later to sin. But now, if you are, so if you define yourself uh, as a sinner, well, I'm a sinner saved by grace, but I'm a sinner. If you define yourself that way, it won't surprise you when you see yourself sinning. But now think of it this way. If you are a saint and you sin, now what does that say? Well, go out on the street and ask Anybody? You go out on a street corner and ask anybody in the world and ask them about what is what does it mean when a saint sins, and they'll look at you and they'll say, it doesn't happen, it can't happen, it shouldn't happen, something's wrong. You see, to be a sinning saint is different from being a sinning sinner. A sinning sinner is a, well, what else did you expect him to do? It's surprising when he doesn't. A sinning saint, you say, wait a minute, there's something wrong here. That shouldn't be. Well, that's what the question in Romans 6.3 is. How should we, that are saints, live any longer like sinners? You see, there's been a basic change in our identity, in who we are. God didn't simply go into the record books of heaven and blot out our transgressions. When you trusted the Lord Jesus Christ, he did something to you, not just for you, but to you. He took you and he baptized you into Jesus Christ. And that baptizing you into Christ changed your identity from being in Adam to being in Christ. We call that positional truth because that Preposition in is a preposition that shows position. You had a position in Adam that gave you an identity called Adam. You now have a position in Christ that gives you an identity called Jesus Christ. When you were in Adam, God thought about you, looked at you, and you were as Adam. Now in Christ, God looks at you, thinks about you, and you are before Him as His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now go back to Romans six three and, and notice uh, some things that you need to know about what happened to you when when you got saved, when you trusted Christ. These you didn't feel this, you didn't sense it, you didn't experience it, but it's true. And it's true because God says it's true. It happened on a non-experiential level. But it's it happened on a spiritual level. But it's designed to work itself out through your life in real flesh and blood terms of your actions and your attitudes on a daily basis. Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ. That's what we're going to read about here. Nevertheless, I live. That's just another way of saying Romans 6. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me, and the life that I now live in the flesh, in the real flesh and blood terms of real life, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I live in the reality of who Romans 6 says I am, Paul says. You see, this life, when God cleansed you of your sin, he cleansed you so he could fill you with himself. Let's read what let, let's study what he did to you, how he's changed your identity. Romans 6, 3. Know ye not, don't you know, you ought to know this. Unfortunately, many don't. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized, notice, into his death. Now we need to know about the details of what is involved here. When we're baptized into Jesus Christ, we're baptized into his death. Uh, you got to get this issue to get the issue of being dead to sin. What he's doing is he's explaining to them about their position, about their new identity in the Lord Jesus Christ. He's all already shared talked to them in chapter 4 about the fact that they're participating, they share in Christ's life. Now they're learning that they're also sharing his death. To be baptized into Christ. Now what is that? Well, Galatians chapter number 3. Galatians 3 verse 27. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ, there in Christ is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Verse 26 of that passage says, For you are the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. When you trust Jesus Christ as your Savior, you are then baptized into Christ. Now notice that it tells you what you're baptized in, and it doesn't say water. Now I know that some people insist that every time the word baptism or baptize appears in the Bible, that it's got to be, has to be, must be, surely it is, water baptism. Those people often even use the term baptism or baptist or baptizing or some of those names, some derivative of that, in their name. They get their own identity out of it. Well, I want you to understand that this passage tells you what you're baptized into. And it doesn't say water. It says Jesus Christ. How can you be placed into another person? Well, try it. You can't push yourself into somebody else physically. You can't put yourself into Jesus Christ physically. He's not even here for you to do that physically. Obviously, this is something that is supernatural, not natural. That's why First Corinthians chapter twelve, verse thirteen Paul says, For by one Spirit, that is God the Holy Spirit, are we all baptized into one body, whether we Jew or Gentile, bond or free, and have been all made to drink into that one Spirit? We've when you trust Christ as your Savior, God the Holy Spirit takes you and places you into a living oneness, a living union, a living identity in Christ Jesus. God does that. No preacher does it. No priest does it. No water ceremony does it. God does it. Now that's important for you to see because this baptism in this passage does something. It doesn't represent something. It's not symbolic of something. It actually accomplishes something. It puts you into Christ. And when he places you there, Ephesians 1.13 says, then you are sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. The Holy Spirit places us into a living identity in Christ and then seals us there until the day of redemption. Now, it's when you trust Christ, it's by faith. It's by the Holy Spirit. By the way, Colossians two twelve says that we're buried with him by baptism into death through faith of the operation of God. This is something God does. The rub with all of that, of course, is that Ephesians chapter 4, verse 5 says, there's one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. And you see, the reason that, that preachers and, and, and churches and traditions don't like this truth, don't preach this truth, don't proclaim this truth very often, is because this is the one baptism by the one Spirit into the one body. And since Ephesians 4, 5 says there is only one Lord, only one faith, and only one baptism today for members of the body of Christ, then they have to explain why they add on a water ceremony or a another type of two or three other, you know, baptism of the Spirit and baptism of fire and all these other things. And then they're embarrassed to have to explain why they added to something that God did and says was complete. But I want you to see that when God, when you're baptized into Jesus Christ, something wonderful happened. Don't let religious confusion hide the key to the Christian life for you. Because it says you're baptized into his death. You see, when God took you and put you into Christ, you began to participate with the Lord Jesus Christ in, in his identity. His death became your death. That isn't all. We're buried with him by baptism in the death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. We've participated in everything that he participates in. In his death, it becomes my death. Why? Because I'm in him. I share his identity. His burial is my burial. His resurrection is my resurrection. His ascension to the Father's right hand, I sit together in heaven and places in Him today. You see, everything that I'm an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. And the things that He has accomplished and the identity that He has has now been given to me because I'm in Him. Now in verse 5 and following, down to verse 10, Paul explains why we should walk in newness of life in our daily life since we have this new identity in Christ. We're dead with him. Our old history, you know, you look back into your past history, and before you met Christ, it went all the way back to Adam, and you were in Adam. But now you're in Christ, and so your history goes back to where? To the cross. (laughs) And at the cross, you're dead, nothing back before that and then you're buried with him burial is is the breaking of the ties of the former life now your life is hid with god in hid with christ in god we're free and then we're raised to walk in newness of life if you understand this this is going to have an impact on your daily walk Verse 5 tells you why. If we've been planted together in the likeness of his death, we should also be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. You've been made a part of an absolute, complete, total victory program over sin in Jesus Christ. Absolute, complete, total victory in the Lord Jesus Christ that's the plan that God has for you that's the identity he gives you in his sin you're free from sin's master for he that is dead is free from sin it doesn't have to control you whatever it is today in real life the failure the sin it doesn't have to control you because you've been set free you say but brother Rick I just have to no you don't have to you may choose to but you don't have to. That's why verse eleven he says, "Reckon you yourselves to be dead indeed into sin, but alive unto God." Live. Make the choice of faith to live in the identity that God has given you in His Son. My friend, your Christian life is designed to 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 function and to work as as you by faith walk in a take a faith stand. In, in the identity and an intelligent understanding of who God's made you in his son, that identity begins to affect your life and change your life for his glory. I look at the clock, and it's it's almost time to go. I'm, I'm kind of surprised it's gone by so quickly here. We'll, we'll continue with Romans 6 next week. Because you need to understand your identity in Christ. You're not Israel. You're the body of Christ. You're not under the law system. You're under grace. You have a new identity that's designed to bring victory in your life on a daily basis. Let me offer you a free Bible study tape called What to Do When a Believer Sins. What, what do you do when you sin? How are you to handle sin in your life? Are you to go out and confess your sins to God and ask him to forgive you so that he marks it off the chalkboard? Are you to, to repent and be uh, contrite for your sin? Uh, are you back on probation again with God? Uh, disgrace? Failure? Are are, are you to just feel shame and and rejection? Uh, Are you to to ignore it and overlook it and make like it didn't happen, doesn't make any difference? How, how, How do you rebound when you sin? How do you keep going? What do you do when you sin? Well, this tape is designed to help you to understand that question of what to do when you sin. Just like Romans 6 teaches you how the cross stops sin in your life, you need to know how then to apply that truth to your life on a daily basis. Let me give you a free copy. I want to give this to you. I, I decide. All I can do is put it into your hands, but I want to do that. Then the rest is up to you. To receive your free copy of the Bible study, What to Do When a Believer Sins, you simply call us here at our toll-free number, 888-535-2300. That's 888-535-2300. You can, of course, write us at The Riches of Grace, Post Office Box 97, Bloomingdale, Illinois, 60108. That's Post Office Box 97, Bloomingdale, Illinois, 60108. If you surf the World Wide Web or on the web, on the Internet at graceimpact.org, graceimpact.org. The easiest way to contact us, of course, is simply to call us at the toll-free number, 888-535-2300. Um, you call and, and, and ask for request of the, the Bible study, what to do when believers sin. You know, we want we, I want you to have this Bible study. Sound doctrine, friend, is what will set you free. Sound doctrine is what will bring the life of Christ into the reality of your life and give you the victory that your heart tells you is yours in Jesus Christ. 888-535-2300 is the number to call and request the Bible study, What to Do When Believers Sin. Can I remind you that there are folks in your area right here where this radio program is being heard that put this Bible study each week on this radio station They're meeting this weekend around the word of God rightly divided, the wonderful message of God's grace to us in Christ. If you don't have, listen to me, if you don't have an assembly to attend this weekend where the word of God is rightly divided, where the the grace message is clearly proclaimed, and the grace life is the issue, well, you owe it to yourself and to your family, if you have one, to check out the meetings in your area this weekend. Why don't you call me here at the office, 888-535-2300, and we'll be happy to put you in touch with the folks in your area who rejoice in the message of God's grace and proclaim and, and gather around the things you hear us talking about right here week after week. 888-535-2300. You know, my friend, I, I have to tell you, this is Listener Supported Radio, and if you've been helped, if we if we've helped you, why don't you... Help us reach others with the truth of God's Word rightly divided. You can do that by calling us at 888-535-2300, and the folks that answer the phone can tell you how you can help us to reach others with the Word of God rightly divided. It's always a joy to have you with us each week when we when we meet together. Uh, it's it's my pleasure to, to be able to, to be your Bible teacher each week. Thanks for being with us. Until we meet again the same time next week, Maranatha.
0: Hi, I'm Barbara Sandbeck, your host on Grace Notes, a 15-minute program that contains biblical teaching and a wide variety of music. Some of the subjects we address are why do we have trials and cultivating intimacy with God. You can listen right here on WTLN every Sunday at 2.45 p.m. Can't catch the whole broadcast? Visit our podcast on the web 24-7 on WTLN.com. So tune in. You won't want to miss it.